Welcome to Power Surge from the Center for Industrial Progress. I'm Alex Epstein, coming at you from Orange County, joined by Stefan Hen from Germany. Stefan, welcome again. Good to be back. All right, we've got two stories today. Uh, one, I think, is very positive. One is uh, negative, and it's a new type of negative story that involves uh, the uh, an attack on free speech, So it's, it's and it's one that I think is important to take action on quickly. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's start with the positive. Um, this might not be significant to people listening, depending on your familiarity with online climate discussion, but Stephen Goddard has revealed his true identity. Stefan, what's going on there? And who's Stephen Goddard? Um, yeah, Stephen Goddard is um, running a web blog uh, called Real Science. And... Um, he has been on top of a lot of issues, including uh, adjustments to the various temperature databases uh, made over recent years. Um, and he breaks a lot of these stories every day. Uh, and is a, to me, is a good source of information and what's new in all things climate. So, so adjustments, just, just to clarify for people, because um, I wasn't that familiar with these before reading his stuff and looking at his, his graphs, but he, if you go to, um, what is it, stephengoddard.wordpress.com, uh, he, he tends to do is show that, you, know, the, you see these graphs about the, um, you know, average temperatures increasing, and what he shows is that the, the his, there are historical graphs of this and that they've been substantially changed always in the upward direction by government bodies, particularly James Hansen's group. And, you know, he thinks that this is very suspicious, it's certainly at least suspicious, but also particularly suspicious because it's not revealed. That is, they don't say, well, we, you know, we've changed this and it's all been in the upward direction, similar to how they don't say our models fail and it's always in the upward direction. But, but particularly this, the historical data is viewed as, as, a, you know, a starting point just as a sort of pure evidence. And it isn't for many reasons. It's, it's much harder to you know, know exactly what the state of things is in terms of average temperature in the first place. But then that it's been adjusted, or I think they say up-justed, up-justing, <laughs> adjusting upward, uh, that, that that should be revealed. So anyway, he, he reveals a lot of good stuff. So go on. Um, yeah, and, uh, just for the record, there's good reason why um, the raw data needs to be somewhat adjusted. But uh, the interesting part is that, um, you know, many institutions, especially government institutions, um, in recent years started to cool the distant past and warmed uh, the recent years a little bit. So this introduces some bias uh, to the record. And historical years... Uh, like the 1950s or something is, of course, uh, always um, something you don't want to adjust, you know, decades after the measurements took place. Um, and he says on his blog uh, that his real name is Tony Heller, and um, he's a, he calls himself a whistleblower, and um, he has been a lifelong environmentalist and uh, was in support of the Clean Air Act. Um, yeah, and he has a degree in geology and electrical engineering. Um, yeah, and then he states uh, some of his uh, positions on global warming or climate change, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
you know, that the 97% consensus is uh, bogus and that additional CO2 will not um, contribute much to, you know, climate change and so on. Uh, most of the things we already knew through his writings, but yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty good summary. We'll link, make sure to link to it um, in the thing. And, and for those of us who follow, just the name is the interesting thing or a little bit of more biographical information because reading him for a while, Stephen Goddard is, uh, you know, was thought to be a pseudonym and then, you know, it was, it's a, it, it'll be interesting. So I don't know if he'll be at the Heartland Conference, which I'll be at a week after next. Um, but anyway, that's, it's a good article, which is a nice, which is uh, a positive thing. And it's good that he is, you know, that he, you know, he's out there doing from at least overwhelmingly good work from everything I've, I've seen. Uh, one note about the article, I think reveals still a major problem in the whole um, group of people who don't believe in catastrophic climate change is there's no mention in this whatsoever of energy. So it's, it's still that climate change and diagnosing it and measuring it and responding to it are all, all an end in themselves instead of uh, a means to promoting human life. And if they're means to promoting human life, you have to put them in context of energy and really ask, you know, how significant are they? Particularly if they're negatively significant. If they're negatively significant, how big a deal are they compared to cheap, reliable energy from fossil fuels? And Goddard has good comments about this, for instance, on his Twitter feed. But it, it's energy is still such a a secondary issue in terms of being mentioned, and both uh, in terms of clarity and in terms of rhetorical effectiveness, it's absolutely essential. Uh, to mention that positive, because otherwise it's just a bunch of people sounding an alarm about a threat, and then you're saying, "Well, it's not as big as they say." And they say, "But you know, we we should investigate more. Or we should, you know, we need to take action. Don't don't be inactive." Whereas if you view energy as the issue, they want to stop action. You know, the relevant action being producing energy uh, and developing to improve human life, including uh, you know making the world, making our climate a lot more livable. Um, so that is just, I would encourage everyone in what we can call the free market energy community to just always mention the energy angle. As I put it in the book, you know, there's the greenhouse effect. There's also the energy effect. Always mention the energy effect. All right, story number two. I'm going to have to be contained uh, on this one. Um, so part because I did not see this one coming. So, Stefan, what's going on with the internet and .eco? Yeah, ICAM, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, uh, which is responsible for uh, giving out these top-level domains like .com, .org, .net, and so on, um, in the next couple of days uh, will auction or decide where the .eco top-level domain will go. And um, there are several groups bidding for this, including one conglomerate of uh, environmentalists, including the WWF, Greenpeace, uh, think tanks from the green left side, uh, the UN Environment Programme, and, um, and the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. Um, in this group of, I think it's about 50 environmental groups, uh, 
that are uh, bound together. And um, they claim that they need to make sure that the .eco top level domain for internet addresses um, goes to someone trustworthy in this realm and not like some, you know, big oil or big coal that might greenwash their image, according to them. Um, so let's take this in some kind of order. Why is there a .eco? Like, why is this a whole classification? This is just, um, I mean, is there a dot .god? Like, why, why are these every value issue now going to have its own thing? I mean, imagine if you had dot .god. Like, who's, who's, who's going to uh, bid for that? I mean, assuming that I don't have enough context to know what, what would the ideal state of affairs be with regard to domains, but presumably... You know, the main things are you have domains by country, and then there's .com, okay, commercial, .gov, governmental, okay, those are fundamental spheres um, of life from a sort of, from the government's uh, perspective. Um, so I mean, even .com and .gov, and okay, .org, the government has a nonprofit. I think there, there even you're starting to run into issues. But, you know, at least there, those are formal legal classifications. Um, so there's not too much of an issue there, but once you get into a moral classification, which dot God or dot eco, who dot God would be and what, what dot eco will be, you're, you're saying, you know, this person complies with this moral standard. And I don't know what, I don't think there's any argument for having that kind of thing. I mean, what about dot good or dot evil? Um, there's a whole issue, particularly when you have government, there's a government-connected organization um, assigning it. So the motivation for anyone doing this is that they want this, this moral credibility that comes from this uh, moral suffix. And so I don't think it should exist. Uh, but if it does exist, then, you know, it should be recognized as this is just something that people are going to bid for like anything else, and then they should bid. And so here come the so-called environmentalist group saying, oh, no, we can't have that. We need this moral classification within the hand, uh, within the hands of true environmentalists, so the truly good, and of course that's us. And this is where I think it's so outrageous that, that these quote-unquote environmentalist groups, which are really anti-development groups that attack development across the board. I mean, most of these groups are anti-coal, anti-oil, anti-gas, anti-nuclear, uh, often anti-hydro. And there's, there's anti-development. They view the environment as something above human beings. They don't view it as our environment to be thought of and used in a way that maximally benefits human life. They think of it as the environment, something to be saved from us, um, you know, even though that will inevitably harm us to not be able to develop it to meet our needs. So it's... it's what, what this is reflecting is they, they have a monopoly. So the, the so-called environmentalist movement is one interpretation of environmental issues and it is an anti-industrial and fundamentally, fundamentally anti-development and fundamentally anti-human in the final analysis um, view of environment. It is certainly not the only view and I, and I think I can demonstrate conclusively that it is the wrong view, but it's certainly not the only view. So what's going to happen? Here's a case study. 
what if what if I want to get into this and, and get industrialprogress.eco and the people serving on it are WWF, Greenpeace, Sierra Club, all these guys that I've debated. What is going to happen? Then you say, oh no, you're not a real environmentalist. You don't really care about the environment. You're on the same side as these evil big corporations. So it becomes a government control of, of ideas and delegated to some of the most insidious forces uh, in the world getting this moral high ground through uh, domain. So there should not be a dot eco, and it absolutely should not go to those who are ultimately anti-environment in the sense that their policies will make our environment much, much worse, give us much less energy, much fewer resources, much less defense against uh, natural pollution, natural dangers, much less prosperity, lower life expectancy. Every, you know, every key indicator, if we follow their policies, will get worse. Um, just because, and just as in the reverse, every key indicator has gotten better as we have not followed their policies. So if we'd follow their policies in the 1980s, it would be a much different and much worse world today, particularly most conspicuously in the uh, formerly undeveloped world, the places like India and China that, are, that developed a lot and are still rapidly developing. So I don't know, let's, we'll try to find out and put on the website where whom to email to or what, what Twitter things you can mention, but I would say, um, like, no, do not give a big room. This is called the, the group of these anti-industrial organizations. It's called big room. Do not give big room a monopoly over dot ego. Um, eco, sorry. Dot ego would also be interesting. I would also, that, that's more appealing to me. It's egoism. Um, but even there, no need for it. Um, so yeah, government should not be involved in... And I'm open to argument on this because I haven't... This is my strong inclination. Government should not be involved in any kind of these, these moral suffixes. And absolutely, the green movement should not be given a monopoly over environmental domains. So that's, that's what it is. It's the green movement should not be given a monopoly over environmental domains, the dot eco domain. Um, you know, we should have uh, because that that is a, a um, that is a form of censorship. I mean, it's green censorship. They would prevent me from expressing my right to free speech in the form of of purchasing that as a platform. And certainly they would do it to all the companies. And so it, it creates this class system of you're, you're pro-environment or anti-environment. And that's dictated by the government um, indirectly through ICANN. And then, then the Greens run the government. So they run the government all these other ways that we're trying to get rid of. But this this can at least be prevented. So no, uh, forget how it could report, but no, uh, what did I say? No green, mon I mean, there's no green monopoly. Yeah, so no green monopoly over um, the dot eco and no green uh, censorship. Uh, Stefan, any anything to add? Yeah, to me, there doesn't seem to be a technological reason to like auction this monopoly over this top level domain. Um, 
But yeah, I'm certainly happy that, uh, you know, these top level domain business is located uh, in North America instead of Europe. I can't imagine what kind of rules would apply over here to, you know, like granting top level domains and just address names to people if that was based in Europe, which is far more down the quote unquote progressive road. Um, so with all these hate speech regulation and so on. So, um, yeah, this is a free speech issue, certainly. And um, government involvement should be minimal, if at all. All right. So on that note, um, as always, questions, comments, love mail, hate mail, you can go to alex at industrialprogress.net or Stefan, S-T-E. S-T-E-F-F-E-N at industrialprogress.net. Let us know what you think. Um, otherwise, well, Stefan, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. And we will talk to everyone next week. Now, those of you uh, who are going to the Objectivist Conference in Las Vegas, I'm heading out there today. Uh, so hopefully I will see you uh, sometime in the next week. But anyway, we'll talk to everyone next week.